Welcome to Cabin Minute Cast. The scenario has been chosen. The ritual has begun. We are ready to appease the old gods one minute at a time. I'm Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com. And I'm Molly Balin of LittleRedMark.com. In today's episode, we're covering Minute 7 of The Cabin in the Woods. And in this minute, we start with an introduction of Marty and end with a travel mug. And in between, we found out why cops will never pull over a man with a giant bong in his car. Yes, I really look forward to talking about this giant bong. (laughs) Um, And so this week, it's our first week with our special, special guest. We have the wonderful, the fabulous, the Movies by Minutes pals, Julia and Rick of Mad Max Minute. Welcome, you guys. Thank you so much for having us. It's such an honor to be your first guests. Yeah, we're very happy to be here. Super cool. So anybody who listened to Spinal Tap Minute, you know that we're all old friends. And uh, we actually did a few episodes a few different times with Rick and Julia. We loved having them back. And I got to actually meet up with you guys over in Chicago at the Movies by Minutes Chicago little mini convention. That was super fun. It was great to see you face to face and then we've actually molly and i recorded molly's first podcasts <laughs> a very special episode of molly's first podcast by <laughs> recording with you on mad max minute so yeah we're we're really happy to have you guys here and so we just wanted to take a minute before we roll into the the bong zone here and uh, would like to see what you all want to share about your project your podcast All right. Well, since January of 2017, we have been reviewing the Mad Max series of movies one minute at a time. We started with the original Mad Max from 1979, and we spent, uh, what, four and a half months going through that. that one. And we took a couple of months off, released some hiatus episodes. And ever since September 4th, We've been releasing new daily episodes covering Mad Max 2 The Road Warrior, which is more, much more widely known in cinema-going circles than the original. So we're plowing through that. You guys were on our episode 10, and that was a lot of fun to have you. So we're just keeping on, keeping on. Cool. Yeah, super great. Loving it so far. Of course, I was down for the whole first movie and I'm slowly making my way through the second movie. At the end of the episode here, we'll make sure to give you a chance to plug where people can find you and check it out. I was kind of curious about why you guys chose Mad Max. Well, it was an interesting choice. It was actually our second choice. Mm. Our first choice was Harry Potter. And we had the idea that we wanted to do a podcast. We're like, well, let's do a minute by minute podcast. We love talking about movies. And that was in maybe September, or October of last year. Mm-hmm. And we just talked about it for too long. And then Harry Potter Minute came out. Yep. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> so, if anyone well, is interested in listening to the Harry Potter Minute podcast, it's yes. hosted by Gary Roby and Victoria Cope. They're over on duelinggenre.com. Go check them out because they've gone through all of. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. They are on hiatus right now doing another movie, but they're going to come back for Chamber of Secrets, I think sometime later this fall. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, But we were kicking around the idea of doing that. And I think Julia was apprehensive about covering a book series because she would constantly be 
comparing the book to the movie and it would drive her insane. And so I started like throwing out other ideas. And Julia said when Harry Potter minute came out, we were like, darn, okay, missed the bus on that one. And it just so happens that is it your mom that loves Beyond Thunderdome? Oh, yes. My mother's a huge Beyond Thunderdome fan. And, of course, I've loved watching the Mad Max movies since I was a boy watching them syndicated on network television. So it just seemed like a good fit for both of us. Mm-hmm. So is your mom like a Tina Turner fan? What What's about Thunderdome that totally like <laughs> speaks to her? <laughs> well, there are two parts to that answer. One, yes, she's a big old Tina Turner fan. The second part of that is I don't know. Because I haven't watched the movie in quite some time, and I haven't analyzed it minute by minute yet. So honestly, right now, I don't remember much about the movie. Are you sure it's not just her liking to look at Mel Gibson? (laughs) Oh, I'm sure that's like, yeah, good point. That's probably like 75% of it, and Tina Turner's like 25% of it. Plus, Yeah, that sounds about right. Plus, Thunderdome is the only PG-13 movie out of the mix, and so that would be the one that would be a bit more acceptable to have in your household oh my mother doesn't care about that really your really? mom wasn't strict about that no my parents are you kidding yeah no not at all <laughs> <laughs> no because i would assume that she would like watching road warrior with the lord humongous out there in his you know belt strap outfit <laughs> oh the things we learn <laughs> yeah these movies by minutes. <laughs> I like to tease yes. Julia about how much her mom likes like fireman calendars. <laughs> yeah. I think when I was on uh, Harry Potter Minute, Victoria confessed that her and her mom both love the Twilight books. So that was kind of a funny oh. confession. <laughs> I don't think my mom likes Twilight books. <laughs> I can't remember. (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, Molly, did you want to kind of steer the ship for us? Yeah, I think it's great to have people who I greatly respect in a podcast, but don't know well personally to have a minute where we're talking about drug content predominantly (laughs) and just break the ice that way. (laughs) So on that note, uh, we start this minute with the character Dana, who is peering out of the Rambler. And she's like, oh my God. So she has this WTF reaction. And then we have Marty, the fool. Marty rolls in like a cannabis magician in a cloud of weed smoke. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This whole minute is just all about the stoner shaggy archetype, which I have to give credit to Heidi for because she came up with the shagginess and now I can't stop seeing it. But uh, (laughs) we also have a couple of seconds of hip hop accompanying that. So we're already uh, pulling a archetype in. And the song is playing is by uh, Asher Roth and CeeLo Green, and uh, the track is Be Myself. And the initial lyrics are, I gotta be by myself, gotta be by myself this time. And I feel like that's a very appropriate song. Uh, Marty shows up alone in the car, and that's kind of interesting because in terms of introduction of all the characters, Dana shows up alone as well because she's dancing in her underwear, but all the other characters are shown in conjunction with somebody else. So that's how we start this out. Interesting. So yeah, what what are some initial thoughts from our guests on this Marty arrival? I thought that his arrival was 
to put it mildly a little on the nose (laughs) (laughs) which is which is perfect because that's the whole point of this movie the entire movie is a little on the nose and so it reiterates if you didn't already know what kind of movie you were watching that is a heavy heavy satire then you really should figure it out by the end of this minute (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. He definitely rolls in exactly as expected with yeah. like within that, you know, with choice of car, which I guess Drew Goddard drove the same kind of car, the director, same car kind of car in high school and was actually known for doing this little goofy thing that Marty does where he, you know, gets out of the car, the windows rolled down and then he... <laughs> Puts his hand through I and locks loved that move. Oh, that was so great. <laughs> it kind of a companion to that. Like the, the car's really, you know, filled with that weed smoke. And then when he gets, when he stops, he rolls up, parks, and then opens the door and then blows out the final, like, <laughs> <laughs> But you're right, it is quite an archetype, but I think a pretty, pretty humorous entrance. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a lot of fun to watch. So yeah, cool. the car he's driving, I f- discovered today that there is such thing as the Internet Movie Car Database oh. on top of the Movie Database and the Firearms Database. But according to that website, Marty is driving a Volvo 245. Now, it didn't mention specifically what year it was made. But the the Volvo 240 series was only manufactured between 1974 and 1993. Uh, the 245 specifically being the four-cylinder wagon or estate, if you're living over in across the seas where they speak differently, uh, estate model. Um, which means, at the very best case scenario, this car he's driving is pushing 20 years old. Def- nowhere near new (laughs) yeah (laughs) well that's why you pay for volvos yeah they last forever (laughs) my favorite part of this car is while i had absolutely no idea what kind of car it was and i wasn't particularly interested in going to do the work of finding out what kind of car it was i knew it was a volvo because of the headrests right the classic horizontal headrests and that's really all i needed to know it's an it's an old school Volvo. So I think Molly, you were saying you wanted to discuss our our totem here, <laughs> if you will, the bong. Indeed. <laughs> and and just so in case people don't remember or I haven't said, I live in Portland, Oregon. So uh, both. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, girl. Both Heidi and myself are in weed legal states. There is a rich, rich history of weed smokers finding fun and unusual things to smoke their shit out of. And so (laughs) in that vein, I did find a couple of things. So there was a September 2012 I-09 online interview with Drew Goddard and they, of course, were like, hey, man, what's up with the, the prop? And he said, yes, the thermos is a prop. But if you're asking if you can smoke pot out of it, the answer is yes. Um, uh, there was also a question if the telescoping bong could be purchased. And at that time, his comment was, 
quote unquote, I fucking tell Lionsgate to start manufacturing those bongs at least three times a week. I guess they hate <laughs> making money. <laughs> I hate it when companies refuse to market things. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you slap a Cabin in the Woods logo on there and just let it go. You just send it out into market and it the money is just going to flow in like a wave. You could almost say it would waft in, you know, <laughs> if we're going to stick with the metaphor here. I'm actually surprised you didn't say that the area that you live in is pungent with marijuana history. I should have. In fact, maybe I'll go re-record that now that it's been said. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, along those lines, in April of 2012, MovieLine.com had a contest for folks to write uh, a horror haiku and the winner would get some Cabin in the Woods swag. And one of those, as you might have guessed, would be a Cabin in the Woods bong. So they were actually giving away bongs as a promotion mm. for the movie. And then the other thing that I found, because I was kind of curious if this thing ever went to manufacturer, because there's been so many people, and Fran Kranz has also been asked about, hey, whatever happened to that? Can we get that? And there has been an enterprising company at www.coffeemugpipe.com that does sell a very likely version of the bong. Oh, and you can yeah. also pour hot coffee in it and take it with you if you so desire. And they, of course, are trying to be, you know, sort of legal and they call it a quote unquote water pipe. And of course, it's only for quote unquote tobacco, but the patent is pending. Gotcha. All right. <laughs> you definitely did your due diligence there, Molly, and it's very much appreciated. <laughs> I was paying attention also to just the stuff that he's saying. And this is our first time with Fran Krantz here doing a fabulous job as Marty. And like you said, he's kind of got a bit of a shaggy, you know, nod to shaggy with the necklace and the outfit and the floppy hair and the five o'clock shadow plus maybe... A couple of days not showered. And, you know, I definitely feel like I know what this guy smells like. <laughs> but I was also curious about that weed logic when he's talking about cops never pull over a man smoking a bong in the car and everything. If if I don't know if just anybody had any thoughts on his weed logic. <laughs> well, I initially thought that... It was a way of sort of exerting dominance. Like, mm. if you exude confidence to such a degree that other people easily recognize it at a distance, then they will give you a wide berth. And mm -hmm. then the more I thought about it, I thought, well, of course a white guy would say this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, true. I don't think it's any sort of... You know, and this is me, I guess, pulling a race card or something like that. It's not him as some sort of wise stoner thinking, oh, yeah, if, if I go all out at this rate, I'll never get hassled. And it's like, no, he's a white guy. <laughs> That's why he won't get hassled. You won't see Holden pulling this type of stuff. Right. Good point. Very, very, very good point. Right, right, yeah. Do you think the cops are going to pull over Holden if he's listening to hip-hop and he's got a two-foot bong in his lap? Likely. <laughs> One thing's for yeah. sure. If I were a cop and I saw him rolling by, I probably would not stop him because the fact that he's listening to Asher Roth and... <laughs> 
for anyone that's not familiar with his discography, he's the guy who released that song called I Love College. And mm. it was him just raving about this wild party he went to the night before and how he got wasted. I think my favorite line from that song is, time isn't wasted when you're getting wasted. And I'm like, okay, first of all, nice line. I'll tip my hat to that. But on the other hand, <laughs> it's this glorification of hedonism and excess in institutions of learning that completely negate the whole idea behind going to college and he's just this skinny white guy that you know brought CeeLo Green in to try and like give his album credibility and I'm like I just oh I do not like him I've never heard of him but you just describing him and then just the fact that that they chose this particular song by him I think makes it a little bit more even thoughtful that maybe they chose this skinny white guy. Yeah. Even if it's a different, different song, you know, I looked up the lyrics to this song and the entire idea of the song be by myself is that he is too young, too successful, too mobile to tie himself down to one individual woman or because... too arrogant. Well, Jeez. that's the thing. He's trying to sound noble in this effort that he needs to be by himself because it would be unfair to any woman for him to get tied down. But then he turns around and he's talking about all these sexual es- exploits that he's engaging in that completely negate any sort of sincerity that he's trying to build with the listener. Hmm. Like wow. He just, he's like... The kind of guy you look at and you're like, wow, I wonder which member of his family has all that money to rent him the time in the studio. Right. I'm not a film critic. I should I should say that right out. So please don't take my assessment of his talent and works as, you know, any sort of (laughs) legitimate criticism. (laughs) But yeah, I just mean music critic because you said film critic. Yeah, I meant music critic. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. I guess I, I technically yeah. am a film critic, but I'm definitely not a music critic. Well, you're just stating your opinion. Exactly. So that's fine. And it's a fair and well thought out opinion because as a heterosexual woman, when I looked at the video, I was like, yeah, this is obviously bravado. Like, you know, this is all fantasy based in terms of the song. It's an interesting song for Marty to roll in on because Marty doesn't necessarily strike me as the kind of guy that would embody the character that is described in the lyrics. You know, he doesn't strike me as the womanizing type. Does put on that air of, you know, the eternal, maybe not eternal bachelor, not technically a confirmed bachelor, because that's euphemism for something else, but the guy that just does not get involved with women because he's just doing his own thing. I think that might be the only tie between Marty and this song, but all of the other bravado stuff, I'm just not seeing it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 There's a series of tenuous connections and I think it's more about the, the song, the beat itself and what the song in terms of its genre represents. And then also those initial lyrics of, I got to be by myself, but not literally that, you know, Marty views himself as some type of a Kanye West. Yeah. (laughs) There's a reason they don't play us the entire song. (laughs) (laughs) yes there is absolutely so i found a couple other little things interesting so we were wondering if in a previous minute if this was kurt's rambler but we find out in this minute that's actually his dad's so that makes a lot of sense he had 
maybe borrow your dad's rambler to take on an adventure. But another thing that comes out in this minute is that they describe the place they're going to by Kurt saying, my cousin's country home. Yeah, (laughs) I caught that. I'm like, they're going to be really disappointed when they get out there. If they think they're going to a country home, they think it's going to be a way different movie than we're expecting. Totally. Yeah. I thought that was definitely something a little different. They don't use the word cabin, but country home. It makes me wonder if it had been described to them as a cabin in the woods, would they have gone? Would they have been so willing to go? Like, oh, that sounds great. A cabin in the woods. (laughs) Okay. You sound suspicious now, but we have a friend of ours who keeps talking about how the next property that he he buys yeah. will be a cabin in the woods. And depending on what woods you're talking about, a cabin in the woods can be an incredibly valuable thing. I suppose. I think the the genre of the movie is kind of tainting our idea of well, what they're going yeah. to find. <laughs> <laughs> We're walking into this expecting a horror movie, and so any mention of a cabin in the woods is instantly making us think of, like, the evil dead. You know, right, that right. horrible yeah. connotation. <laughs> well, speaking of horrible connotations and references, I guarantee you that Molly and I are not going to be able to highlight or pick or find out or discover every single reference that's in this movie because there are a ton of them. But I did want to point out just a couple of them, all of them that are that have to do with what we're looking at right now. One of them's actually just from a previous minute. And in a previous minute, there was this dialogue. We haven't had a a glitch since 98. That has to do with our other characters that we're going to we're going to re meet a couple minutes later and hopefully you guys will you know still be along for the ride to the cabin (laughs) with us by then but they mentioned we haven't had a glitch since 98 and that's referenced on imdb as being from the movie the faculty okay oh never seen that one yeah i remember seeing it i remember thinking it was pretty entertaining movie um robert rodriguez directed it but he didn't write it so it was one of those where it was somebody else you know unlike most of robert rodriguez's movies uh it was uh it came out in 1998 and and it ends up from best i can remember you know that the whole faculty of the college are end up being evil (laughs) (laughs) the teaching staff are um spoiler alert are aliens (laughs) (laughs) and i remember it being pretty fun but i don't remember too much about it but uh so that's the first first reference that i just wanted to point out even though i i'm a a day late and a a minute short (laughs) (laughs) the next one i'll bring up during another minute okay well go for julia i have a question Uh, marty makes a comment about jules's hair he says, have you gone gray? Has anybody talked about her hair yet before this moment? Yes. So in her introduction, we quickly learn that she's just gone blonde. So ah, she usually has darker hair. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Because I know her hair plays a certain role in the movie. I find Marty to be very, very foreshadowing 
Mm, a yes. lot. <laughs> like all the time. <laughs> For sure. Yes. Yeah, especially if after watching this movie a few times. So maybe this is a good thing to possibly bring up right now is what is Julia, what is your relationship with this movie? Let's see. I Rick made me watch this movie a couple years back. <laughs> he said He said it's a it's a scary movie but not that kind of scary movie. Like he's like I promise you'll like it. And it's got Bradley Whitford. And then I'm like, "Oh, okay. If it has Bradley Whitford in it, then I'll watch it because <laughs> especially in this role, he's just reprising his role as Josh Lyman from West Wing in this movie. He's the exact same persona. Oh, I can't remember how long ago it was. But it was long ago enough that when I discovered in preparation for this and it, that it was put out in 2012, I was shocked that it was so recent. Mm. If I had to guess, I would say that it came out maybe 2008 or nine, just based on mm. my own my own timeline. Uh, so Rick must have made me watch it pretty soon after it came out. Sounds like you are neutral on it or kind of liked I, it or what, what did you think about it? <laughs> well, I do admit that like during the really scary or gory stuff, I do look away. But overall, mm-hmm. I very much enjoyed the movie. I love the, the satire aspect to it. And I mean, even like beyond satire, it, the heavily sarcastic tone is just delightful. Oh, good. Cool. Yeah. I'm glad we're not forcing you to reintroduce <laughs> re- oh, reintroducing no. you to something you're not that interested in, except for maybe making a Bradley Whitford supercut or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So Rick, you had already seen it at least once before introducing it to introducing by forcing it to <laughs> Julia. You make it sound so terrible. Like I, well, I you- tamed her down. <laughs> <laughs> It was not that way, I promise. But I can't remember off the top of my head because it was five years ago and I can't remember what I had for lunch five weeks ago, let alone what I saw five years ago. But I want to say that if I didn't go out and see it in the movie theaters, that my friends and I watched it on DVD like as soon as it came out. Just the concept of it, I was one of those people that saw the advertising on TV and thought, oh yeah, it's just going to be another scary movie. And then kind of heard through the grapevine what kind of movie it was. And I said, okay, well, now that I know that it's more than just an evil dead ripoff, you know, then I'll give it a go. Plus, I mean, it's got kind of a stellar cast. The five mains plus the people that work behind the scenes. I mean, they're all great. Totally agree. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I had a couple of thoughts just on specific dialogue from Marty that I didn't really understand and thought maybe you guys would have an inkling um, or an opinion. He says when he's talking about the, you know, statistical facts, cops will not pull over a man with a huge bong, blah, 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 blah. He says they know he sees farther than they and he will bind them with ancient logics is he trying to sound like a wizard (laughs) bind them with ancient logics i do not know what that means i think marty is a particularly interesting character because yes he's a stoner but i think that he's also incredibly smart like incredibly smart and he just kind of hides it behind the facade of a stoner so I think when he talks like that, he's like combining 
these two aspects of his personality. And when he says the line about seeing further, I -hmm. took that as a reference to using marijuana to help cataracts. Hmm. I took I took it very literally. <laughs> I love that. I wow. love that. So I think he's awesome. taking that knowledge that certain people see better after they have smoked marijuana and combining that with stoner randomness and this is what we get. <laughs> so I think some of it has has meaning and then some of it really doesn't. I definitely thought that when I I love your cataracts idea um, and point of view. I was thinking, the, you know, you were just a minute or two ago talking about how he's the guy doing a lot of foreshadowing. So when I was when when he was saying seeing farther, I was thinking a bit more in that capacity that this guy, if we listen to him and as we go to had to listen to him in in the Rambler in, a, in the next minute he's going to be just laying down all sorts of stuff that is that is foreshadowing what's ultimately going to happen in this movie yeah he basically lays out the plot of the movie (laughs) yeah i oh gosh i just it just dawned on me him talking about an individual who sees further and tries to bind others with ancient logic i don't want to like spring too far forward in the movie to literally the end of the movie, but that's exactly what Sigourney Weaver tries to do. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's so blatant now. Mm. (laughs) Right. But this is good guy versus good guy in a sense. You know? It is, because I I feel like this crew of people that's going out there is, you know, pretty well-meaning, but then there's this other crew of people who's like, we're just trying to save humanity. True. Yeah, we haven't really talked too much about that. What good versus evil or what the philosophy behind everyone's different choices, what that means or anything, anything too deep like that. I don't even know if I've made any decisions for myself. Hmm. But Marty seems like he's on board, but maybe we should save that for next minute. (laughs) So is there anything else in particular to this minute that we would like to discuss anybody um, before we wrap up episode seven? I did notice a little something that might be an error. I'm not really sure. Mm. Um, Right around the 50 second mark, I think it's Kurt who is speaking and you can all of a sudden see the breath coming out of his mouth. Like it's really cold. Mm. And I looked mm-hmm. around to other parts of the minute and you can't. So I think that it is quite chilly out. So they edited out oh. the breath, but they missed a little bit. Mm. Interesting. Which makes me feel really mm-hmm. bad for the actors. <laughs> yes, Jules is wearing a sweater, but she's also wearing a short dress. And Marty right. is well covered, so he's warm. But Kurt's just wearing a little bit more than a t-shirt. So... The actors are cold. Yeah. That's a good little tip. The actors in our movie had something very similar happen to them. The crew and cast that were filming Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior, were filming in conditions that were right around high 40s, mid 50s on a daily basis. Mm. And of course, they were running around in leather and chaps and straps. Straps and things (laughs) like that. So they would actually. Well covered. They would actually use Vernon Wells as the character Wes. If his butt cheeks started turning blue, they knew it was too cold and they had to stop for a while and let everybody warm up. 
<laughs> I feel like shooting in the cold is a common thing in movies, and I'm wondering why. Stage lights. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. So... The lights heat up quite a bit. Lights generate a ton of heat, especially if they're the old incandescent style. Mm -hmm. Those things, you know, obviously they're burning like a regular incandescent bulb, but they're focusing all of that light into such a, well, focused area that, yeah, it heats up real quick. And unless your movie set is using like LED or sunlight lamps that are more white-based your set is going to get really warm. And so, yeah, they're not wearing much, and you can see Kurt's breath in one of these shots, but with how many lights that they need to set up around the set, it's probably a few degrees warmer in front of the camera than it is behind the camera. Okay. Hmm. I thought it had something to do with, like, the quality of the sunlight is better (laughs) in colder months than in warmer months. But I know nothing. Hmm. That's interesting. You, Rick, know way more than me on that front. Yeah. When the room next to my office at work was an active shooting studio, we had the hot lamps for shooting video. And that room, how poorly ventilated it was, it got real warm real quick. And we had to open up the doors to the hallway and let it vent (laughs) out that way. Gnarly. Very. Uh, Yeah, and I just thought of uh, something slightly related, which is um, if you've ever seen wet hot american summer which also takes place in cabins a lot <laughs> that their uh, that movie is shot kind of the off season of a real working summer camp location so i think the reason that the weather was so terrible for them is they were shooting and it was raining almost every single day of every oh, shoot. Oh, gosh. If you see the yeah. behind-the-scenes um, documentary film about it, it's raining almost every day. And then if you re-watch the movie, you can kind of recognize more quickly. Oh, yeah, this whole scene is shot in the rain. <laughs> they had to try to fake it out a bit. So it just reminded me of that. So we'd like to thank you for listening to episode seven today. We are Molly Balin and Heidi Bennett. And this is Kevin Minicast. And of course, we'd like to give a special thanks to Rick and Julia of Mad Max Minute for joining us today. And um, we'd love to know where people can find and connect with you guys so that they can start listening to that back catalog and catch up and listen to uh, everything that you all have to offer. Well, the Mad Max Minute podcast can be found at madmaxminute.com. We have a Twitter account at madmaxminute and a Facebook account. You just search Mad Max Minute. And if you'd like to interact with the other listeners, you can find us at Mad Max Minute Beyond Microphone, also on Facebook. Thank you guys for coming on and uh, for more Cabin Minute cast and to catch more of Julia and Rick. Join us again on Wednesday to find out what happens when these crazy kids all pile into the Rambler. And thanks again for tuning in to episode seven. Just a reminder, you can find us at cabinminutecast.com and then on Twitter and Instagram at cabinminutecast. And that is going to be it. So we'll see you back at the cabin. Bye.